0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And we're going to be in verse number 9. Last week we looked at verse 8 in chapter 4 and discussed what we are we are to set our minds on. We've been uh, kind of we've been walking through these verses and they all have to do with peace. They all have to do with um keeping your mind on the Lord and prayer and His peace, setting a, a guard around our thoughts, around our mind and around our hearts. And as we were worshiping, I was thinking, you know, even though uh, you know, expository teaching like this is a lot of work, it just is. I mean, it takes hours to get through four verses. I mean, you guys know when we teach it, sometimes I only get through one verse. There's so much depth in the scripture. And what happens when you hear the scripture is, first of all, if you're open at all, faith is available. Because faith comes by hearing. So sometimes people think, well, I don't, you know, I I don't want to read my Bible because, you know, I just like to pray and fellowship with God. And there's nothing wrong with praying and fellowship with, fellowshipping with God. But do you know faith doesn't come by prayer? Now, you can hear from the Lord in prayer and have faith be imparted to you. But the Scripture says faith comes from hearing the Word. And and you need to be reading your Word daily. And not reading it, uh, this is something Dale's been challenging us with, and really it's been a theme the Holy Spirit has really had in our church, is slow down. I was listening to, and I think I shared this before on Sunday, I was listening to a a particular minister who was teaching along a certain line about fellowshipping with the Spirit, and he said, in current society, the average attention span of our current culture is six to eight, and I thought he was going to say minutes, seconds. We change focus every six to eight seconds. Have you ever gone through, have you ever found yourself doing this in Facebook or something? And like you'll stop on something and then you just go? Do you ever do this? Never really read the article, just the headline, and think you know? What I've found if I do that is usually the headline is a lie. It's worded in such a way that makes you think one thing, and then when you get into the article, it's something different. It's interesting. But our average attention for things is six to eight seconds. How much are you going to really be able to know the intricacies of God with a six to eight second attention span. It's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough, and it's not because it has nothing on God's side. It's all on our side. He can only give you as much information as you're willing to sit and listen to. So watch this, and I've always heard ministers say this, and I've found it to be true through the years. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You say, what does that mean? That means if you don't if, you're not, if you say, Lord, I really want to know about this thing, and then you just run off and don't wait on him, he'll just sit there silent and wait for you. Uh, one of the best examples of this that I've ever seen is, uh, 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 well, he's grampy to me, but uh, Leif Havig, which was uh, Susan's father and Carol's husband. He's in heaven now. He 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 would tell me about these times that the Lord... Uh, he saw the Lord, I think, some eight, nine times, something like that. The Lord appeared to him. And he would tell me about these things. But here's the trick with Leaf: When you get to heaven, you'll know when you talk to him. So I'm serious about that. So <laughs> when, you t- when I, I knew this, if you're going to talk to Leif, you have to go sit for five or ten minutes and say nothing first. Because he will not talk. And it wasn't, anything, it wasn't that he didn't want to talk. He was just, he was, he was, the scripture be slow to speak, you could see picture of leaf, <laughs> you know, in the dictionary. He was very slow to speak. And it took me a while to figure this out, but eventually I figured it out. He would, he was very slow to speak. So if you wanted to hear what he had to say, you just had to sit down and wait. And he was comfortable sitting there. You know, uh, for me at first, it was kind of like, you know, like, say something, would you? You know? (laughs) (laughs) But he just, and just, no, just a real calm demeanor. Usually, I've never, I don't think I ever saw him upset. Ever. You know? I mean, as far as my time of being with him, he just real calm. But then he'd start talking, and he didn't talk loud. And you had to pay attention. and But you would learn something that you didn't know. You know, he would share an experience where the Lord appeared to him and said something to him. Or, or even just things that took place in the, in the spirit that he had seen. And you would learn. You would develop. Well, the Holy Spirit's the same way. So when we go to the word of God, we can't just... Don't just see how quickly you can get through one chapter of reading. You know, set yourself down... You know, if you want to have some music on, that's fine. But, like, turn your phone over so you can't see if you get a notification. Put it on mute. You know what I mean? You know, the button on the side. Some of you forget that when you come to church. (laughs) And we hear, who let the dogs out? Where's Ron at? (laughs) That ringer, who let the dogs out? Man, I've heard that so many times. Okay, so, which, by the way, is hilarious that you have that, Ron. (laughs) It's awesome. But, but you have to sit and listen. And how many have noticed that other voices usually speak first? Yeah. <laughs> but if you wait them out and you rebuke those other ones, you'll hear from the Lord. You'll hear from Him. And that's what's important. So we've been looking at this, and we saw in verse 8 that Paul discussed the importance of thinking or focusing one's attention on something with a view of having it ultimately govern one's behavior. Meditation of the Word of God means we occupy our thinking with God's thinking. Doing this keeps us in a place of close fellowship, proper perspective, and genuine faith. So when we focus, our, when we keep our meditation on the Word of God, and we're thinking God's thoughts, what it does is it keeps us in a place of close fellowship, proper perspective, and genuine Faith. So let's look at verse number, number nine in context of this piece and see some more on the peace of God and some more truths here on how we walk in this peace. It says, The things, Paul says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now you'll see here uh, four things before doing you see learned, you see received, you see heard, and you see saw. So learn means to cause to cause one'self to know with a moral bearing and responsibility it means to increase one 's knowledge so you're learning everybody kind of understands that principle uh, received means to take to oneself so even if I give you the scripture or someone gives you the scripture or someone gives me the scripture, I can learn it but it doesn't mean I took it to myself it doesn't mean I received it so the Lord uh, Jesus, when he was walking on the earth, he looked at the religious leaders of his day and he says, My word has no place in you. He told this to the religious leaders. That's why they wanted to kill him. If God's word has no place in me, then I'm going to have an ill or an offense or a, a doubt, an unbelief, a rejection to the Lord. Now, believers can do this even if they're saved. They can look at a scripture where the Lord says, you're to forgive others the way I've forgiven you. And they can, they can go, I'm not sure, I, I, I know that scripture is there and I received the knowledge of it, but I don't know if I want to take it to myself because if I do, that means I have to forgive so-and-so and what they did to me. But yet, if you want the freedom that Jesus promises, you have to take on the discipline of spirituality that he requires of us. So I I want knowledge to come. Oh, I got this knowledge. Okay, you got the knowledge. Did you take it to yourself? Okay, so we also see here that they heard, and uh, the idea is to let your ears hear something. That's a deep thought, isn't it? But how many have been talking to somebody, and you know they're not listening? <laughs> you know, it's the, the, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the old uh, adage, you have two ears and one, yeah. So you should do twice as much. As you do, yeah, be, be quick to hear, slow to, boy, howdy, I've got grown up to do. Okay, saw means what? To behold or to consider, to look and to perceive. So this isn't just, I see what kind of shirt you're wearing. If you're really looking into it, you'd figure out what the brand is, the material it's made of, who the inspection person was, what is the, what is the logo on the thing, you know, you know what I mean? If you're really looking at something, you're digging into it. Some of you, some of you do this in areas, you know, it's like, uh, you know, people say, uh, people say, well, I'm really bad at math, but yet they can tell you the horsepower of a particular vehicle and how it translates to torque and all sorts of stuff and, and the timing on gears, and, but yet they can't remember, they don't have any you know, way of learning certain math things, but yet they can figure that out. No, no, no. It's a matter of what are you putting your ears to, putting your eyes to. There are things that I've found that I did not want to study in the word of God. And God said to me, you need to look at this. And when I made my flesh sit down and look, all of a sudden this depth of light and revelation came and answers came to problems that I was trying to find the answer to in another area of the Bible. And the Lord said, no, it's right here. A good friend of mine, Pastor Jeremy Vester, you guys know, most of you know him. Anyway, he had back problems for years. His back would just go out, and it wasn't from sitting. I think it was the opposite. He could sit fine, but when he'd get up, and his dad had back problems, and for 10 years, he got in every healing line for back problems, and his wife finally one day was like, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm quoting the healing scriptures, and I'm getting, in every, I'm getting rid of this back problem, And he was doing everything he knew to do as far as the the levers and the, the spiritual activity that you know you're supposed to do. Finally, one day, he just was getting alone with the Lord. The Lord said to him, that's not the problem. He said, what? He said, the problem is you don't know where your lineage is. This is generational. It's a generational thing. Your brother has back problems. Your dad had back problems, and now back problems is trying to be on you. And he started, the Lord had him start studying about who his father was, God. And over a period of time, pretty soon all the back problems, gone. Just like that. So what did he do? He took time to learn, to receive, to hear, to look into. And then the last part of this verse is do. Paul said, what you saw, what you, what you learned, what you received, what you heard, what you saw in me, these do now this is usually the part that gets to us james chapter 1 verse number 22 but be ye doers of the word of god not hearers only deceiving what sometimes we're rebuking the devil and we should be rebuking <laughs> you see that how many have done that? I've done that. <laughs> like, oh, darn it. It's me. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. You know, <laughs> you know, Lord, forgive me. Okay. Show me how, where I'm missing it. And then let's go do what the word says. Amen. Let's practice. How many have uh, your, your flesh is just like mine. It doesn't like practicing the word. Your your flesh is probably just like mine. In the morning, when you put your feet on the floor, it's not like praise the Lord. (laughs) My flesh is like where's the coffee? It's not. My flesh is not a morning person. is yours. Some people are mourning people. They're like, whoo, you know, it's just, and I'm like, go in the other room. Just leave me alone for like an hour and I'll be fine. Let me get in the spirit first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> am I the only one? <laughs> so, you know, but we're supposed to rejoice daily, not Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday too, but not only Wednesday. You know, I love what Jesse Duplantis, we're supposed to put our, Jesse DePlana says this, you're not supposed to just put your flesh under Sunday and Wednesday. Daily, you're supposed to do that. Daily, I'm supposed to do that. And I'm almost perfect at it. I'm better than I used to be, but I still got a ways to go. Thank God he's working with me, amen, and that this is a growth process. But, but I don't want to treat that as, well, I don't have to grow because, you know, God's working with me. I don't want to be lazy either. So we got to be doers of the word. So what do we see here? We see that in accordance with this peace that we're, excuse me, to experience, there will be no peace in our lives without doing what we're supposed to do. We need to be doers of this word. Paul reaffirms the truth here that we just read in James, and that, it, and that is that we deceive ourselves when we know something from the word of God, but do not practice it in our daily lives. So, one of the things I wrote down here is, it is a shame to go through all the discipline of knowing truth, but then not applying the truth and reaping the benefits. That's one of the things the Lord spoke to me when I was looking at this this afternoon. He said, it's a real shame to go through all the work of learning and gaining knowledge and then not doing it. He said this would be like a person going to school for farming, receiving their degree, buying a farm with all the equipment, purchasing seed, and then never working the ground. We do this as Christians and then wonder why we have no harvest. Always be aware and be careful of the lying suggestion of the enemy that God is not doing his part. Have you noticed that there's an accuser around? And have you noticed he accuses you, but he also accuses God? Well, if God's really a healer. If God's really a deliverer. If God really loves you, why are you having these problems? And, the, and religious people who, who don't know the word of God... They'll agree with that voice and go, Well, you know, God just, he's, you know, I'm the Lord's Job. <laughs> I wish they'd study Job. And read James concerning Job. The Lord, how many noticed this, that it wasn't the Lord that tore everything up? Well, I know, but the Lord gave the devil permission... Actually, Adam gave the devil permission. I mean, if we're going to go back, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did the devil get in? I don't know about you, but when I read the first three chapters of Genesis, I clearly see where the Lord said, Don't let the devil in, Adam. (laughs) You know what I mean? So when you look at it, when you think about it, even Job, if you are the Lord's Job, glory to God, you're about to come out double. I said, glory to God, you're about to come out double. See, people that that say, well, I'm just the Lord's Job, they don't read the rest of the chat. They just think they're going to die. That's not what happened in Job's situation. People say, well, yeah, but his wife died. Well, he told her she was a fool. (laughs) You guys do need to read Job. (laughs) Some of you are like, I don't think he said that. Oh, yeah, he did. He said, you talk like a foolish woman. (laughs) Well, that's politically incorrect. Yeah, but it's biblically accurate. (laughs) And I'm not a politician, so this works out well. (laughs) He said, you talk like a foolish woman. Because she said, why don't you curse God and die? That's dumb. That's really dumb. In the middle of trial, tribulation, and trouble is not the time to give up on and curse the one who's your only deliverance. In the middle of your situation is to go, Lord, these circumstances are terrible. I hate them. They hurt. They stink. In fact, I curse the circumstances in the name of Jesus, but your word is true. And people say, well, yeah, but what if you die prematurely? Die with your boots on in faith. Die shouting the victory. Amen? Because people, we do this, we (laughs) we get so wrapped up, and our theology becomes circumstantial instead of revelatory. And we get in trouble. So we need to take it in. We need to absorb the knowledge. And we do. We have a church world and a church culture that loves knowledge. I was sitting talking to a gentleman a couple days ago. And we were talking about some different things. And he's getting his master's degree in this and that. And I have another gentleman that uh, actually lives in Oklahoma that's a friend of mine. And uh, we talk when we, when we get on the phone together. We talk, and we talk theology and all these different things. And what I've noticed is through the years, there are a lot of people that can quote and speak on author so-and-so, book so-and-so, idea so-and-so, theology so-and-so, you know, this is the position of this group, and this is the position of this denomination, and this is the position of this other denomination, and what do you think? And we like knowledge, but they never tell me what God said to them, and that always bothers me. So then I start interjecting things. Oh, yeah, just the other day I was, and because I can, for whatever reason, because I'm really not smart like that, like theology smart like that. I didn't go to a long, I can read and absorb knowledge and stuff like that. But the only way any of it makes sense to me is I literally listen in faith and the Holy Spirit says, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is, and I'm actually, I've actually ended up ministering to these people who have like, you know, it's like a PhD And I'm like, you know, I'm like Peter, a dumb fisherman. You know, I'm not saying I'm dumb. You understand what I'm saying? You know I'm not insecure in who I am. So, I mean, at that level. And you end up ministering to those. You think about the people Jesus picked. It gives you and I hope. (laughs) You know... I'm like, yeah, Lord, we're going to do all right. I mean, I could have hung out with Peter, James and John. James and John, sons of thunder. Pff, I totally identify with that. You know, I get it. I, 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 I know they competed against each other. I know they fought with each other. I know they did. You, you read it in the scriptures. I mean, John felt the need to put it in his gospel that he outran Peter to the tomb. Don't tell me they weren't competing. He was probably like, I'm going to jab him right here. <laughs> you know? But when it comes to all this knowledge, it's, it's great to gain the knowledge, but do the knowledge. Don't just impress me with what you know. Please your God by doing what you've learned. Amen? And we always, you know, and you should rehearse what you are doing and rejoice over that and then look to the Lord about what you're not and increase in that area. Amen? So it's not a condemnation thing. Uh, The mirror Bible says it this way. These things are consistent with all that I teach and live. You can confidently practice what you hear and see in me. The peace that inevitably follows this lifestyle is more than a fuzzy feeling. This is God himself endorsing our oneness. I I like the mirror Bible, so you have to be careful when you read it and really understand what it is if you ever do get a mirror Bible, because some things I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But the point of it is, is that we are to be a representation, a mirror of who God is in us to the world. So if I'm salt and light, if I'm, mirroring, if I'm mirroring what is in me to the world, it's a billboard to the world to say, hey, God created you this way too. So I mirror the peace out of me that is... And when I do that, then Kylie can look at me and go, how does he have that kind of peace?" And then she can ask me and I can say, the one who's in me gives me the peace he knows my design he created me and he created you and if you let him in you your personality will progress and develop like it's supposed to you're to we're one with christ i said we you are one with christ and so you carry that same anointing on the inside of you. That's why I love that song. Well, I'm filled with anointing. People are like, I don't know if I am. You know, how do you check the level? Where's the dipstick? <laughs> this is the dipstick. <laughs> okay? Now, you, we know from Scripture you can be more or less full depending on your perspective. But if you keep, if you learn, see, hear, receive, and then do, you'll release God's ability through you for yourself personally and then those around you. Amen? People say, can it be that easy? It is that easy. Ultimate success in life will come as we do the Word. A believer must receive words, the words of Paul and learn from them, hear them repeatedly, observe them being practiced in They're in ministers' lives and then also in their own lives and others around him, Those who do these things will not only have the peace of God, but will also enjoy the presence of the one who gives peace, the God of peace. Notice in this verse that Paul mentions hearing and observing four times more than he mentions doing. Behind every act that we do for the Lord and for each other, there needs to be study, prayer, and obedience to the word. Hear from the Lord on what you're supposed to do. I know people, and I, I'm a doer as well, and I know people that are doers. They're, very, they're leader. They are they're get out in front. They're, they're like, man, look, this is the vision. This is it. And you can be so that way that you actually get tied into a whole bunch of things you're not supposed to do. But they're good things, but they're not God things. Uh, I don't remember who taught the message years ago. I think it was Tim's story. Good or God or something like that. Is it a good idea or a God idea? I think it's what it was. Good idea or God idea? And are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? People say, well, how do I know? Well, you'll have to slow down with all you're doing and take time for hearing. Amen? So verse 10, let's move on to verse 10. And it says this, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now after, now, at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So Paul kind of jumps subjects just a little bit, and he actually shares with them about how happy he is about actually the offering that they sent to him. It says this in the message, it says, I'm glad in God, far happier... Uh, than you would ever guess. Happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. You just had, the, you just had no chance to show it. What Paul is actually referring to here is he's talking about their financial giving to his ministry uh, so that he can continue to preach the gospel. So what we see here is that uh, in practice... Specifically, the people had taken the time to wait on the Lord to see, where they, uh, to see where He might stir up or revive us or them in helping someone in need or giving to a particular ministry. Now, the, you guys have done this, so you know this, but what happened specifically was in the midst of fellowshipping and walking with the Lord, being at peace, walking out these things of peace, being a doer of the word and not just a hearer only, in fellowship with the Lord, what was revived within them, the Holy Spirit spoke to them specifically and said, I want you to send an offering to Paul. You see that? So they took, you know there are times that people actually miss giving to someone because they're so loud in everything else they can't hear they're not hearing the holy spirit go that nudge you should give this to them you should give this to this person they actually miss it because they're not at peace on the inside how many i've done that you get busy you can get busy doing the things that god wants you to do and miss god it's true Well, you you don't, God's given me a vision, and I've got to, you can actually fall in love with the vision above God. It's true. People say, how? (laughs) I've done it. Because in your mind, in my natural thing, at least for me, and my natural thing, I'm like, God, I'm doing what you want me to do. Actually, primarily, what he wants me to do is fellowship with him first. And then out of that, I do what I'm supposed to do. Amen? And so we see this here, that this actually happened to them. The, they stirred up, the Holy Spirit stirred up within them um, to give to Paul's ministry and to help him out. It says this, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. When we are in fellowship with the Lord like we should be, then he will impress upon us to take care of the needs of others around us uh, as we have the ability. 1 John 3.17 says, but whoever has this world's good, watch this, is that up there? Yeah. Go to 1 John 3, 17. Put it up on the screen. I want to, okay. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his, who? Who's in need? Sees the poor, the unsaved, the lost. Sees who? Brother in need. So, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that actually some of your giving should go to your brother and sister in Christ. Well, how? I thought it was all supposed to go to the world. You know, we have ideas. You know, uh, we have feed the hungry, feed the poor. You know, you can send money all over the world and feed them, you know, whatever. Have you ever seen those shows on TV and they're feeding them, it looks like mushed corn? I think, yeah, <laughs> mushed wheat or mushed corn, whatever it is, and I know that's, that's great, I guess, for where they're at, but you got to realize this, it's your brother or your sister that may be in need, and what, look the way, look at the way this is, if you have this world's goods and you see your brother in need, now, we, I would tie the leading of the Holy Spirit to this, of course. But this is you just observing, oh, Mike needs some new shoes. I've got money for new shoes. I'm going to buy Mike new shoes. He doesn't need new shoes, okay? But you understand what I'm saying? Maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, you can talk to him after the service, all right? So (laughs) do you see what I'm saying, though? I see my brother in... Now, listen. Listen. This verse isn't for you to take and work your brother on your behalf. This is you taking and giving. Now, what happens when you sow? People say, well, man, I wish I had some new clothes. Sew some clothes. Now, not the ones you've pitted out. Got some groans on that one. <laughs> you know, people say, well, I haven't worn this shirt in 40 years. Man, I ought to get rid of it. Who can I bless with this shirt that's about to fall apart? <laughs> we got to get this through our head. You're telling me, God? Now, I will say this. If that's all you have and it's the best you have, go ahead and give it. But if you can do better, do better. Amen? I know uh, the, this happened to me, uh, I think it was a year or more ago. Uh, one day, uh, I don't know if it was Sayla and Taylor went to Shields with Ian. I think it was. And Ian bought me a fishing pole. Oh, you the moms. It's just like, okay. <laughs> he took his money. Now, he didn't use my card. He took his money and bought me the fishing pole. That's nice. Uh, A few years before that, Elijah gave Ian a fishing pole. Elijah Castelline. And I think they're the same kind. Yeah. What are they called? Ugly sticks. (laughs) Fits. All right, so... (laughs) You gotta love it. (laughs) But what is that? That's the heart of God moving through another believer to another believer. We gotta get this. We gotta get this. I'm really, I I truly am. I, you know, I went to Rhema and they they had giving down to a, I mean, people. I've been in services. In fact, I was in a service with Mike one time. And a house was given away. Now, some people go, I could never give away my house. If your faith is up high enough, you can. Now, (laughs) I did not get the response I wanted on that. (laughs) If your faith is up high enough, you can. Now, I'm not saying it's a heaven or hell issue. That's not the issue. I'm saying, um, look at the book of Acts. They were selling their houses and lands and giving the money to the kingdom to advance the kingdom. That's foreign to American Christianity in a lot of places. They, they don't think that way at all. They think, well, bless God. God gave it to me. It's mine. It's the prosperity of God. And you're baptized in lemon juice. You'd have more joy if your faith was holy, and I'm not, nobody's giving away a house here today, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's like, I was counting on that house coming in, you know? <laughs> I'm definitely ending on this verse. There's no way I'm getting it <laughs> anywhere else in this thing. What I'm saying is, our church, our church is known as being friendly and loving and what if there was an exchange of giving going on in this church to such a degree that people were like you know what I mean by exchange in other words it's coming from the spirit of god within you and you're blessing somebody else with what god has impressed you to do and you're giving to what would take place inside of the body of christ if this was a regular thing what is the wor- what is what does the scripture say that the world will know us by our love for one another you know, people say, well, I'm a, I got this extra money, and this extra money came in, and I'm going to bless my kids. So how much more does God think that way? Yet he has to do it through you and me. I've had people, uh, uh, we were in a, I'll share this. Me and Mike were in a service day. Who else was with us? Was it just you and me? Was Jody there? Oh, I know Heidi wasn't there yet because we weren't married yet. What's that? Kevin Castro was there? Yeah. I mean, there were... Yeah, Kevin Castro, yeah. So they take up the offering, and a spirit of giving hits this place. I mean, there were guys... Now, now, I'm going to say some things here, and I don't want you to be offended, so don't... Just kick the offense thing out right now, because you just get rid of it. Because if we're going to see breakthrough in some of these areas, we got to get past ourselves, Okay? So there were guys with, like, two $300 belts. The belt cost $300, giving it. One guy, I'm like, maybe you shouldn't give away your belt, you know, because you need to keep your pants up, you know. (laughs) Mike got given a suit, and I think it was, what, a $500 suit or something like that? The guy just gave him the suit. He's wore it. Multiple vehicles were given away in that service. Not to the poor missionary way over in Timbuktu. To the neighbor who probably already had a car. Now people, if you're religiously thinking right now, you're going, they don't need it. So God only supplies your need. Let's travel the thought of whether we need it or not. Let's travel this thought. Because I've had people get really upset with me over this. I had a, a... Well, I'm not going to go down that path. They get really upset with me. How many here have your own vehicle? How many have more than one? How many have four? (laughs) Actually, I have three. Okay, so do I need them? Do I? Technically, I have a bike. (laughs) If I was really spiritual, why don't I sell those cars and give all the money overseas? Why don't you sell yours? I've had people get so upset because they think, well, God wouldn't do that. Actually, God would clothe you better than Solomon. He would die for you. Oh, we are hitting sacred cows. I can hear them mooing. (laughs) Do you know I went to a funeral the other day in a Catholic church? The church didn't fall in. And I looked at that sanctuary, and I went, why can't the church, our church, have these things for the kingdom of God? And I've had people get upset, well, you don't need all that. Neither does the Catholic church. We're not running out of money here. It's all right here. people think well god would never he would never accept an expensive gift anybody ever read about that prostitute jesus didn't save the perfume they dumped it on the ground and and guess what it was worth one year's wages and if you look that out, if you look it up and kind of study it out, about $26,000 dumped on the ground. But do you think that God would have, have you blessed somebody in his body with something nice? Oh, guys. You, people be, some people have such a poverty mentality, they get to heaven and be like, oh, Jesus, this house is too nice. <laughs> do you have... Do you have, you know, a place where, you know, do you have, do you have uh, low-income housing up here, Lord? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is, how we, this is how the church thinks. And it's a problem. When you, when you see somebody driving, that's your brother or sister in Christ, and you see them driving a nice vehicle or something like that, you ought to go, praise the Lord, glory to God. Thank you, Father, that they're blessed. And also we should be going, God, what do you want me to do? And then not just, you know, you start out doing something, and I know I'm going over, but i got to get some licks in before I go on vacation. So (laughs) you increase your faith and your giving. We do it at the church by degree here, by percentage. Heidi and I do it by percentage. We increase. Well, God only requires 10%. And and there's all sorts of arguments on this. I'm not going to get into it. So if you're in a relationship, is that that how you treat your spouse? I'm going to give you 10%. So it's just your spending money. <laughs> so I'm seeing some husbands giving some looks. They're like, you better quit now.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you get ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> See how the guys are going, yeah, I get ten percent of it. <laughs> but <laughs> we talked about this last guys, listen. So what is the limit of our church and our faith? Now, here's the thing. People say, well, it's your job, preacher, and the board's job to believe for all this stuff. Your mom. (laughs) That's not a scripture, but it's true. (laughs) It it is all of our jobs to grow up spiritually and increase. I don't know about you, but last time I read in the scripture that if you sow sparingly, you reap. But if you sow bountifully, you reap. And so I heard about a minister, and I'm going to close with this right here. I heard about a minister years ago that owned a business, and he started out by giving 10% to his church, and God just started blessing this ministry and blessing this or blessing this businessman and blessing. And he was writing these tithe checks to the church, and they were getting bigger and bigger. I mean, the 10% just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day, he was in the office talking to the pastor, and he said, Man, these checks are getting pretty big, you know? And he started looking at the money, instead of realizing where God had brought him from, and how much He had blessed him. You know, we do. We limit God. We put this mental thing in our mind where we go, "Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, it'd be great if it, it was, you know, a million dollars." And God's going, "I want it to be a billion dollars." And people, and people are going, "Well, that's just greed. Is it greed? Can you define greed by an amount of money?" of the heart and I know this about God he knows your heart he knows mine and this 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 minister said well this is getting to be a lot I might have to pull some of that back this businessman said this to this minister and he said well I'll just pray and tell the Lord that you can't handle this and he'll pull it back and the guy was like the said, like, no 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 that's fine No, I don't want to do that because if you treat so you know more about the money than God does, oh, I'm loving this. This is a perfect time to go on vacation. I am just, this, you are going to have to deal with you and I'm going to be gone, just sleeping in, drooling all over myself, eating what I want to eat, going where I want to go. I'll have my phone off. You won't even be able to message me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah terry knows where i'm at i'll put him on mute you could... <laughs> it, the reality is guys we need to this isn't about the dollar amounts or any of those things it's about the love of god that is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit Uh, There are, there are, there have been, uh, I mean, at Rhema, we watched it happen over and over again where the the spirit of giving would hit a place and stuff would just start being given away. I mean, nice things to our brothers and sisters in Christ. New shoes. People are like, well, I'm saving up for new shoes. Why don't you sew new shoes? And watch what God brings you. I know it challenges our faith, doesn't it? Because we think in terms of Dave Ramsey. It's not in the budget. Lord, it's not in the budget. Lord, that was my, my money. That was my... Lord, look, look, in the budget, you said, and you show him your budget. And God goes, I don't have a budget. You think God's in heaven going, oh no? Their bank account would be empty. Guys, what are we going to do? Cosmic meeting right now. Where's Gabriel? He's on the earth. Get him back up here. (laughs) You know? The account's been emptied. Elijah's on the backside of the desert. What are we going to do? Send a bird. (laughs) Airmail, <laughs> Mike. Mike. Airmail, you know what the you know what the Lord was doing. He was picking up t-bones off Jezebel's plate when she left the table and flying them by raven to Elijah. Perfectly cooked, perfectly seasoned, grilled on both sides, medium. That's what I like, medium. <laughs> no, we need to change our thinking. Amen. We need to shift our thinking. Now, here's the key. Don't just think about what I said. Take what was said and pray about and hear from the Lord for yourself. And the Lord will go, I want you to give this piece of jewelry to this lady, for the ladies. Now, we're not giving women's clothing to men, and we're not doing any of that, okay? So... This will be all gender specific, okay? And correct. Or whatever it is, the Lord will begin to say, that's your brother, you have this, go ahead and bless them. And listen to me, not me and Heidi. Listen to me. Now see that I got like a half an amen and a grunt and some weird looks on that one. I'm not saying that the Lord wouldn't say, I'm telling you, let's practice it out. And see what happens. Because we're going to have to build a building. We're going to have to buy land. We can't stay in here forever. I will not limit God. I told a guy the other day. Stand with me because I need to stop. (coughs) Um, I told a guy the other day. I said I refuse to believe that a Pentecostal word of faith church has to stay small in this city. I won't believe anything else. I believe we're a hub. I believe God has a vision for this place, and it's not just me and Heidi. There are visions within visions within visions in this place. There are ministries that will go out, come in, go out and come in. And in order to do that, we've got to increase. And in order to increase, we have to sow. And in order to sow, we have to be open to sow. Whatever the Lord tells us to sow. Amen? So, you know... If you see somebody and you say, you know, I'd like to give you 50 bucks for a new shirt or whatever. I don't even know what new shirts cost. Or, or whatever, or do, you, know, you say, well, I don't really have any clothes to give or something. Get a Kohl's gift card and give it to somebody. Actually, I mean, if you really want to jump out in faith, get a gift card to one of the most expensive clothing places in Billings, I don't even know what they are, and give it to somebody. How much is a pair of cowboy boots? Good pair. $300? $400? Yeah. Where's your faith? <laughs> well, I bought these boots and, you know, I mean, I had to save for, you know, straight pennies, you know, for... But you sow a seed, you reap a harvest. Amen? I want to be, I want to love people. Amen? Have affection, the affection of the Lord Jesus Christ for people. God has a way, and it's not our way. It's his. So we got to break these. I, you know what I'm super thankful for? In closing, for the 20th minute, <laughs> <laughs> the children's workers are probably going nuts. Sorry, Kyla. <clears throat> I get myself in trouble. I'm thankful that I'm even able to talk about this right now, because yeah. I've wanted to in the past, and I haven't been able to. That means we're growing. That's what that means. And God has the windows of heaven open above us and the blessing is pouring out and there will not be room enough to receive it. Come on, we get past the whole, well, when, you know, my parents pass away, I'll get their inheritance. You've got God. You don't need your parents inheritance. It's biblical to pass it on. I'm not saying don't pass it on for those of you that have one for your kids. Of course it's biblical. Give it to them. But I'm saying we got to use our faith to where, hey, God is our source. That's a great offering message. But I'm not taking up an offering. Okay, so. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.